Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to this week's episode of Be You with Declan Edwards. Now, I wanted to start this week's episode with a bit of a question to you. And the question is, do you ever feel like you're not smart enough to be in the room that you're in? So do you ever go to an event, hang out with people, and that little voice comes up and goes, you don't deserve to be here. Because if so, you might be experiencing imposter syndrome. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about in this week's episode. It's something that's become increasingly of interest to myself in my own personal development in my life. And I'm also talking about it more and more and more with our members at BU. So if you've heard of imposter syndrome before, I know you'll already be excited to jump into this week's episode. If you've never heard of it, trust me when I say that you really should listen to this episode, especially if you feel uh, a fear of failure in your life, if you feel like you need to be right all the time, if you don't do well with receiving compliments or praise about your accomplishments, um, or if you feel guilty about success. These are all characteristics and traits that we're going to dive into when it comes to imposter syndrome. So we're going to look at what imposter syndrome actually is, what it feels like, why it comes up, how to recognize it, and of course, how to begin overcoming it. So as I said, if you're someone who has experienced those things before, or you're very familiar with imposter syndrome, and you know it's something that's going on in your life or in your career in particular, it tends to come up for people then tune in to this episode because I'm going to be sharing my experience with imposter syndrome, um, why it's become more of an interest to me, and as I said, how I've begun to overcome it as well. So before we jump in though, I wanted to remind you that this podcast is not sponsored by anyone. We don't have a little ad section here. This is a fully independent podcast that we put out every single week because I believe in giving back and in providing knowledge, strategies, tools, and resources to help people live happier and more fulfilled lives. And all I ask in return is if you can just give it a quick little five-star review. So whatever you're listening to it through, you can add it to your favorites, give it five stars, maybe write a little review in the section if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And then also make sure you spread the word. We cannot impact the number of lives that we want to with this podcast without your help because we don't have a massive marketing budget that we throw behind it. This podcast grows and impacts more lives by people like yourself spreading the word. So if you can help me out by doing a quick little screenshot saying that you're listening to it and upload it onto social media, just make sure you tag um, Declan Edwards underscore BU, that's my Instagram, and tag BU underscore coaching, or use the hashtag BU with Declan Edwards. That way I'm going to be able to see it and interact with you guys, and I love doing that. So with all that said, thank you in advance for your help in spreading the word about this podcast and helping us impact more lives. And we're going to jump straight into the episode. Let's do it. So if you've never heard of imposter syndrome before, let me give you a brief background of it because the history is quite fascinating and really the experience of imposter syndrome itself is a lot more common then I think a lot of people realize, definitely a lot more common than I first realized. So the term imposter syndrome was first coined in the 1970s by a group of clinical psychologists who were studying people who were, by all objective measures, quite successful in their career and in their field, but who, despite that level of success and those accomplishments, had these lingering feelings of inadequacy. 
these feelings that they weren't good enough, that they didn't deserve the praise they were getting and that everyone else around them was more successful than them. So who were they to receive these accolades and these rewards? And since then, so since the 70s, it's become more and more and more researched and studied and it's found that so many more people struggle with it than you'd first estimate. Now, I first came across this term a few years ago in my personal development journey and didn't really think anything of it. I was like, okay, well, I'm aware of what that means, but I don't feel it myself and I don't know that many people who are struggling with it. So whatever, I sort of shelved it to the side. But over the last, I'm going to say maybe six to 12 months, I've begun experiencing the characteristics of imposter syndrome more and more commonly in my own life. So, for example, I what the most recent one, the one that got me thinking about imposter syndrome for this week's episode is last week I was fortunate enough to be involved in the Singularity U Summit, the first one in Australia. So, Singularity U is this amazing organization that's looking for companies and startups and ideas that use technology to help solve the United Nations global goals. So I was involved in one of their competitions at the start of 2019 and became a grand finalist. Since then, I've loved everything that they've done. So I went along as a volunteer to their summit this year, the first one in Australia, which was phenomenal. Like the the speakers at that place were incredible. Anyway, somehow I found myself being invited onto the VIP super yacht pre-summit parties. This was the night before the summit really kicked off. All of the speakers, the guest experts, the big sponsors, um, the organizers of the summit were invited onto this super yacht to cruise Darling Harbour or Sydney Harbour. And I was invited onto it. And the more I spoke to people on there and connected with them, the more I began to feel this creeping sense of um, inadequacy of unease and the more I began to hear this voice in the back of my head saying you don't deserve to be here like you don't belong on this boat you haven't achieved anywhere near as much as everyone else on this boat you know why are you even here and I realized that that's a huge trait of imposter syndrome So since last week, I've been diving more and more into imposter syndrome and going, okay, what is this? What's going on? Let's look into this some more. And it fascinates me because it's estimated at the moment that up to 70% of people will experience at least one episode of imposter syndrome in their lifetime. And it's normally related to your career. So 70% of people listening to this are likely to have those feelings of imposter syndrome at least once in your career life. So I want to talk about what it is particularly and and how to recognize it because the key, as you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, the key with any feeling, any emotion is you're first going to be able to be aware of it. If you're not aware of what's going on, it's just going to chew away at you in the background. And I'll start by really, really highlighting that imposter syndrome isn't actually linked to low self-esteem or low self-confidence. It was originally thought, and a lot of people still do believe, I know I used to believe, that if you had good self-esteem and and good levels of self-confidence, you weren't going to struggle with imposter syndrome. But they're actually very different experiences. They're very different feelings. And there's no real link there. 
where the link uh, is actually correlated is it's very, very, very commonly experienced by perfectionists and particularly by women, which is quite interesting. So, of course, obviously, men still struggle with it. I mean, here I am. I'm a male and I'm saying I've been struggling with imposter syndrome this year. But it tends to be more correlated with women and with especially high-achieving women and those uh, who do perfectionism quite well. So that sort of all-or-nothing approach to, to your career. But what's it actually feel like? You know, I mentioned sort of the the creeping sense of inadequacy or that that voice in the back of my head that was like, you don't belong here. The the big thing with imposter syndrome is it's experiences like this level of self-doubt and feeling a bit like a fraud. And now the interesting part is it's feeling like a fraud despite all evidence that you're not. So if I sit back and objectively, in hindsight, and we all know hindsight's 2020 vision, if I sit back objectively now and look back in hindsight at being on the super yacht and being part of that you know VIP pre-launch party for the summit, I can see a lot of reasons why I was invited there. Like looking back objectively, I can see that, yeah, in three years, I've been regularly featured in the media um, on personal development and well-being. I can see that I've won awards. I've published a book. I've, you know, impacted people all around Australia. I've been flown to Dallas to speak. I, I can see a lot of these objective accomplishments that would make sense. If you were just looking at me on paper, it'd be like, okay, yeah, I get why he's on that boat. I get why he's been invited alongside all these other people. But the thing with imposter syndrome is it persists despite accomplishments and it's actually more common in people who've had a lot of accomplishment. We spoke about how it's more linked to perfectionism. What's interesting is it does seem to correlate with higher performance in your career because there is this desperate sense to prove yourself or not be caught out as a fraud. People who experience imposter syndrome are actually more likely to have accomplished a lot in the early stages of their career, which is fascinating. But then it reaches this plateau where it starts to limit their growth and their ability. So looking back, I can see like a lot of my life for the last few years was really driven by, I don't want to feel inadequate in the coaching space. I want to be the best of the best in the field. Uh, I want to make sure, you know, I'm on top of my game all the time. I don't want to fail here. And that led me to study a lot and get great qualifications and achieve a lot and, and build out this beautiful list of accomplishments. But the interesting part with imposter syndrome is those accomplishments are rarely internalized. You know, it tends to be the case that if you're experiencing imposter syndrome or likely to experience it, you're someone who is very good at focusing on how far you've got left to go and overlooking or taking for granted how far you've already come. So what that looks like for me is I'm very, very good at focusing on the future and how far I've got left to go to to make the impact I want to make in the world and to grow BU to what I know it can be. But I'm not that good at taking time to sit back and reflect and go, well, hang on, we've come so far already and this is what I've done. Like This is my contribution to the industry and to people's lives. It's that classic case of... Um, shrugging off success. So what I mean by that is, again, I tend to be someone who feels a little bit uncomfortable when people 
give me compliments about what I've done as an individual. So if they're complimenting me on BU, I can very quickly go, well, yeah, it's awesome. You know, we've done quite well, but that's largely because of the members we have involved and, and the team that has rallied to this. And I shrug away, it, you know, how much I've done towards that growth. But if someone critiques something, I'm very good at taking full responsibility for that, which is healthy. I believe it's healthy to take responsibility for our failures, but it's also healthy to take responsibility for our successes. And I do tend to fall into that pattern of discounting my success, but over-focusing on you know, my stumbles or my hurdles or how far I've got left to go. And again, I say with anything to do with personal development or well-being, it's a case of awareness is key. Like that's been going on for a few years now. I didn't really acknowledge it until the last couple of weeks when I really tuned into myself and was like, oh, I'm experiencing imposter syndrome on this boat. What's going on there? And then I've spent the last couple of days really journaling on it, meditating on it, exploring it and getting a deeper understanding. For those who've done our uh, confidence and purpose coaching course, like a six-month training, you'd know that in that we teach that the key to emotional thriving is awareness, understanding, acceptance and responsibility, and then change. And so for me, I had this awareness of, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's what I do. Like I'm struggling with imposter syndrome. Wow. And then it was, okay, understanding why, how long has this been going on for? What do I experience it as? What does it look like? What is my behavior like when I'm struggling with imposter syndrome? What are my thoughts when I'm struggling with it? Really diving into unpacking that feeling for me as an individual, because although there's common threads, imposter syndrome can feel quite different for different people. And then it's acceptance. So that's going, okay, you know what? This has been going on for a while. So rather than blaming myself for it or fighting it or denying it or just pulling the wool over my eyes, let's accept that and go, okay, this is where I'm at. Let's take the emotional responsibility to go, this is no one's responsibility but mine to change. And of course, I can get help and work with my coach and connect with other people and you know, be open and honest and vulnerable like I am on this podcast. And then when we have acceptance and responsibility, we can then move into change. And that's where I can start to go, okay, well, let's look at changing this. Let's look at shifting this so that this doesn't plateau me and hold back my growth, which is so well documented with, uh, documented with imposter syndrome. So I want to give you a moment to go right now on this podcast. Is this your awareness moment? Is this your wake up call? And where you're like, oh my God, like everything he's talking about relates to me. Like I tend to do that. And if you haven't caught those things, let me quickly remind you of them. So there's six real keys to imposter syndrome. Now, I'm, I'm not going to say that I recognize all of these within myself. Again, you might only do a couple of them. It's recognizing which ones are really true for you. So the first key is the imposter cycle. And that's those thoughts I was talking about. This is a big one for me of that you don't belong here. You don't deserve to be here. You haven't achieved this. You're not worthy. You're not good enough to be here. Those sort of thoughts are that imposter cycle. Like, And then what will normally come off that is I can't be caught out. Like I need to keep up this facade and this wall of massive accomplishments because the moment I stumble, people will realize I don't deserve to be here, which again, I'll say objectively is not true. But personally, like that's what's going on in my head when I'm having these episodes of imposter syndrome. 
So what that then comes through as is the second key of imposter syndrome, which is a driving need to be the best. So the thing with imposter syndrome is because there's this fear of being caught out, you're more likely to really hustle and bust your ass to to be the best in your field and the best in the game and the best in the room. Now, that can be a healthy level of striving or it can become unhealthy. And in the case of imposter syndrome, it's quite unhealthy. If you're only ever focused on being the best in the room, you're never going to learn and grow from others. And there's a great saying that one of my coaches taught me years ago, which I'm only really embodying now, which is the best thing you can do is be the least successful person in the room because then you'll learn from those around you. I can recognize now I've spent the last few years making sure I'm the smartest and most successful person in the room because I needed to feel like I was the best, which again is not healthy. It's not helping me grow and improve my life and expand. But again, I'm not blaming myself. It's a case of just going, okay, that's what's been going on. I can recognize that now. It's time to change it. The third key of imposter syndrome is characteristics of a superhuman. So what that means is there's almost this sense of being larger than life. And anyone who's met me can probably attest to that. Um, I think I'm, I personally feel I'm becoming a lot more grounded uh, over the last couple of years as I continue to grow and explore. And this is funny, like I've been getting, geez, I've been part of the coaching industry now and getting coached on and off for eight years. And people are always saying, aren't you done? Like, doesn't that mean you're finished? I mean, this. I hope this this episode is a clear sign to you listening that personal growth and well-being is a lifelong journey. There's always going to be things that come up that are limiting you and it's time to overcome them. There's going to be great goals to set and pursue, great obstacles to overcome. And so, no, I'm not done. Like, for me, it's always this matter of introspection and reflection and learning more and more tools to help me grow and further myself and develop and not be caught out when life throws curveballs, which it always tends to do. So this superhuman nature of being larger than life, again, it can be linked to imposter syndrome. It's if I'm over the top, if I'm larger than life, if I'm high energy all the time, people won't recognize that I feel insecure being here. Now, that one I can definitely recognize earlier on in my journey, like a couple of years ago. Man, that was 100% me. As I said, I do feel that over the last couple of, really the last year, I've been humbled a bit more, I've come back to earth a bit more, I've been grounded a bit more, and I've got this much more settled energy around me and this settled sense of self. But again, looking back, I can recognize that that was a huge part of my imposter syndrome a couple of years ago. Now, the fourth key is a fear of failure. So, really fearing mistakes. Again, one I can recognize in myself a few years ago, I actually got some coaching specifically on fear of failure to change my relationship with it because I knew logically, like I knew in my head that failure is a great way to grow. It's an important part of that process and it's a great way to learn. And those who fear failure often make less of a difference in the world. It's that simple, right? Those who pursue um, their goals and are okay with failure and just working through failure. In fact, I think I did a podcast episode early on in this series about fear of failure and my journey with it and how to overcome it. So again, one I can recognize in the past, one that I I think I've got a great relationship with failure now where I appreciate it and I look for the learning in it, but that didn't happen accidentally. That came from those steps I was talking about before. Awareness. Okay, I've got a fear of failure going on. Understanding. So seeing why and seeing the patterns that lead to it. 
acceptance and responsibility, and then learning very specific tools and strategies from my coaches on how to overcome that and change it and change the relationship there. Now, the fifth key of imposter syndrome is a denial of your own ability or shrugging off praise. This one is definitely still one that I catch myself doing um, and definitely one where I'm, I think I'm at awareness stage at the moment with it. Uh, I'd say I've got partial understanding, but not full understanding yet. And so for me, the game now, which I, I love personal development because it's a game to me now, is okay, let's figure out why this is happening, what this feels like, what it looks like. Let's accept it and take responsibility and let's move forward. So with this denial of, of your own ability or shrugging off praise, again, that's if like, how do you feel about receiving compliments? If I was to hang out with you and compliment you on the work you're doing and compliment you on what you've achieved, is your automatic reaction to sort of shrug that off or palm it off? Because perhaps that can come, you know, that can be a sign of imposter syndrome coming through. And the last one is feeling guilty about success. Now, it's really interesting because fear of accomplishment or fear of success is, some say, as common as fear of failure, but it's nowhere near as uh, frequently spoken about. I feel like it's the forgotten cousin of fear of failure. But it affects just as many people. Now, if we look through these six, I can see imposter cycle. Yep, I'm aware and understanding of that now. I'm going through the process of acceptance, responsibility, and change. A need to be the best. Um, I can definitely see uh, with characteristics of a superhuman, those two being in the past. I feel like I've come through those. Same with fear of failure. Um, or a need to be the best. I'd say I'm on the back end of recently changing it, like last couple of months. Whereas characteristics of being superhuman and larger than life and fear of failure are ones that I can really see I did the work and overcame a couple of years ago. Denial of ability and shrugging off praise, I can see, you know, again, I'm sort of at that starting to make the shift there. Feeling guilty about success, I was 100% unaware of until the last week. It's been a huge light bulb moment for me to go, huh, I feel a little uncomfortable about doing well. And I'm yet to explore that. It's obviously something I'm going to be talking to my coach about. I just want to be really raw and honest and real with you guys listening. That that's something that I was like, oh, there you go. Like, there's always something to learn. This is the thing. You're never done when it comes to personal development and well-being. There's always room to grow and always room to learn. And for me, that was a big wake-up call, a big breakthrough. So I'm going to give you a chance now. Just mentally tick off how many of those six apply to you imposter cycle, a need to be the best, characteristics of being superhuman or larger than life, a fear of failure, uh, shrugging off of praise, or feeling guilty about success and accomplishment. There's three out of the six relevant to you, four out of six, and just be aware of them. Now, how do we begin to change them? That's the key. So again, I'll, I'll hammer home. It's the same as making any change in our well-being. It's awareness, understanding, acceptance and responsibility, and then you need to get tools and strategies to make change. So I'm hoping that this podcast episode is the awareness builder for you. Now, you can build understanding by working with a coach. If you haven't yet reached out to our team to have a conversation with us about that, make sure you do. We can help with that. Uh, you can do it by researching more. You can do it by meditation or active journaling, but like you've got to have a bit of time to, to look into it more. That's obviously faster when you've got a coach helping you, but you know you can do it otherwise. And then acceptance and responsibility is going, okay, this is where I'm at. 
I'm taking full responsibility for making change. And then you need a strategy to implement. So here's a couple of strategies I'm going to share with you that I've been using to shift some of these traits of imposter syndrome. And I found them quite beneficial. Now, that's not to say they're going to be the right fit for you. Just because it's a good fit for me doesn't mean it's a perfect fit for you. I'll hammer that home again. Just because it's a good fit for me doesn't mean it's the right fit for you. This is why working with a coach is so beneficial because they have a whole toolkit of strategies. Like I know my team and I have hundreds of techniques and strategies from five different fields of research. And it's about finding the ones that gel with you and that work really well with you so that you can use them in your own life. But the three that I've been using lately, the first is to reframe it as a growth opportunity. So I did this when I was on the boat and I could recognize and feel that I was in an episode of imposter syndrome. So I started going, well, hang on, how cool is it? Rather than, oh God, like this, I'm not meant to be here. I'm going to be found out I'm a fraud, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, letting that train of thought run wild. I've reframed it to how much of an honor is it that I've been invited onto here and how exciting is it that I have the opportunity to connect with these people and learn from them and ask them questions and grow as a result of being around them. When we see moments of feeling inadequate as an opportunity to grow and to learn and to expand ourselves rather than a terrifying situation where we might get found out or labeled as a fraud, obviously we're going to feel a lot better about it. The second one, which is one that I'll admit I recommend everyone does, but lately I've slipped up on, I'm I'm now committing to you guys that I'm following through on it, is to practice gratitude towards yourself. Now, I'm quite good at practicing gratitude towards other people, towards um, life as a whole. Like I'm very good at feeling grateful for my life and things. It's a bit more difficult for me to practice gratitude towards myself. Because I've got this desire to continually grow, and again, I forget to see how far I've come, it's very easy for me to forget to go, well, hang on, buddy, like, let's, let's thank myself for what I've, the work I've put in so far. And if that resonates with you, I'm promising you this could be one of the hardest things you do, but one of the most beneficial. Start writing at least one thing down per day that you're grateful for about yourself. It can be physical, it can be personal, it can be whatever, right? But something that you're grateful for about yourself. And then the third one, and this is one that I'm just starting to implement now and already I'm feeling a difference from it. Like it's amazing how quickly these strategies work when you use the right strategy for yourself. The third one is to keep an accomplishments list. So I have a list of things that I know are accomplishments that are important to me that matter and that make me smile when I read them. And that's the thing. It's not what society deems as an accomplishment. It's what do you deem as an accomplishment, as an individual? What matters to you? What have you done in the past that lights you up and that you're proud of? Because if you can have a list of those that you refer back to, I mean, that's just training your brain again to appreciate how far you've come and what you've done already. So those are the three that are working really well for me. As I said, it may not be the right three for you, but try them on, see how they go. If they work well, please do let me know. Like flick me an email to a grow at bucoaching.org or just flick me a message via social media. Or if you find another strategy, I'd love to hear it. Like, again, message me on social media, uh, put something up and and just write your list of what helps you feel worthy and important and, and, you know, avoid that trap of imposter syndrome. Now, before we finish up, I will mention one thing that is very correlated with imposter syndrome. It's it's an effect called the Dunning-Kruger effect. And you may not have heard of it before. 
But the Dunning-Kruger effect is this fascinating curve that I think it won a Nobel Prize at some point. Uh, let me double check that while I'm talking to you guys. Um, I've got the trusty Google machine in front of me just to make sure I'm not talking shit on that one. Uh, Dunning-Kruger effect. Um, Nobel Prize. Let's see if that can... Yeah, it did. Okay, perfect. Yeah, in 2000. Um, the Dunning-Kruger effect got a Nobel Prize. There you go. Happy days. I'm not making shit up there. So the Dunning-Kruger effect is this curve that shows... It, it, it was this theory that demonstrated that the less someone knows about a topic, the more confident they feel in their knowledge of it. And then the more experienced you become, the more knowledgeable you become, the more accomplished you become, there's this curve where you start to doubt yourself and feel inadequate. And that's where imposter syndrome comes in. And then eventually over time, it curves back up towards mastery. So it's this initial peak of confidence and enthusiasm when you first dive into a field. And then the more you learn about it, the more you see that like 99% of areas of research positive psychology, well-being, personal development included, which is obviously my big areas, they're not black and white. They're not clear-cut. There's a lot of debate in the science. And so it's almost ignorance is bliss, right? Like when you're first entering a field or first entering a career path, there's this massive rush of confidence that comes from ignorance. You've learned a little bit, so now you feel on top of the world. And that's normal. That happens. But then the, what happens is some people will stop there and they won't continue learning or growing. And this is the key. You've got to commit to being a lifelong learner. Now, if you commit to being a lifelong learner and look at growing and expanding yourself and improving yourself just one step at a time, you will first have a drop. That's you know, You'll drop from that ignorance is bliss stage into self-doubt. There'll be a bit of imposter syndrome maybe in your career. But then you'll go on that uphill curve again and you'll go towards mastery and and... You know, true wisdom, actually embodying the things you're learning and actually embodying that knowledge. And I think that's a beautiful part of the journey. So again, if you're feeling at the moment that you're in a career path where imposter syndrome is coming up a bit, or you're regularly around a social circle where imposter syndrome comes up a little bit, the aim of the game is just one small step forward at a time. Commit to being a lifelong learner, commit to growing, commit to your personal development and your well-being because by doing that, you're going to move more towards mastery. You're going to build your self-esteem, self-confidence, self-worth. And you're not going to get limited and plateaued and stuck in a rut from imposter syndrome. Thank you once again for tuning into this week's episode of BU with Declan Edwards. As always, if you have any questions or concerns or ideas or topics that you'd like to request, please do send them through. I love connecting with you guys and having a conversation around this. I feel like through the podcast, you get to know me a lot. I want to make sure I get the opportunity to know you as well and to connect with you. So whether that's through social media, again, it's Declan Edwards underscore BU or BU Coaching on Instagram. Declan Edwards and BU Coaching on Facebook as well, obviously. Or if you want to go a bit more you know, private and send an email, uh, you can flick it through to grow at bucoaching.org and we can have a conversation from there. Now, as always, don't forget that this week's episode is uh, online with all of our other episodes and hundreds of blog articles. 
uh, on the wellness library. So the wellness library is the free e-learning part of our um, platform Pocket Coach. So it's our new platform, very exciting. It's coming out very soon, so keep an eye out for it, where it quantifies and gamifies personal development and well-being. So it actually gives you a score and says, this is your well-being score, this is why it's your score, and this is what you can do to improve it. And then you can go and access all these great resources and tools and strategies to take those steps forward and to really build your personal development and well-being to create a life of thriving. Now, as I said, the full version is not out yet. It's coming out soon, but you can jump on the wellness library as of today, and it's 100% free to do. So there is a link in the show notes. Make sure you click it, go sign up, dive into it, and just add more tools and strategies to your toolkit because let me promise you, as we spoke about in this episode, life will always throw curveballs and there's always room to grow. So we just spoke about how committing to being a lifelong learner can make such a difference in your life. Here's your opportunity to do that. Jump on the Wellness Library for free, start diving into more podcast episodes and blog articles and really commit to adding more and more knowledge and strategies to your life toolkit. Now, with all that said, I want to thank you once again for taking the time to invest in yourself by listening to this podcast. Your support does mean the world to me and I'm honored to be able to bring this to you each and every week. Until the next time we talk, you know what we do, make an impact, start with self and be you.